Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast where we're having ongoing digital discipleship conversations about when and where the kingdom and the culture collide. New vocabulary. In every sector in society, there is a vocabulary or a language that you need to learn. So in finance, there's a language and if you want to go live in another country, if you want to really experience the best of that culture, it would be a good idea to learn the language. And so we need to become familiar with the kingdom uh, language that is found in scripture. And so recently at Rescue Church, we've been doing this series on healing and God has been moving and there's been just notable changes in people's life through the things people are confessing, through the things people are sharing, through testimonies like Across the board, you can see that it's like kind of like maybe as a church, we step closer to the Lord and he stepped closer to us. And so some things are being exposed, some things are being healed, and it's a good thing. And so we've we've talked on the Father. And so with Jesus, prayer begins and ends with Father. And most of our problems in this life begin and end with our father or our family of origin. And so when we planted the church, one of the things that I, one of the mistakes I made is I underestimated the damage of family of origin on our initial team of people, which means nothing other than I made a mistake. It wasn't that people were bad. It it was that I underestimated the damage that families do to people, even maybe good people or good families, or people who are well-meaning, not necessarily people that said, oh, how can I destroy my kid's life, but just people trying to do their best with what they know, and they can actually do a number on their kids too. And so as a parent of three, I understand that you have to be really cautious because if you speak out of your anger or your frustration, you could do damage. And so we went on this whole thing of father, the spirit of adoption, and then we went into... Um, confession where Isaac really brought a lot on that it was excellent and then there was uh, forgiveness sister Tina did forgiveness and then uh, Deb did intimacy with the Lord and then DK just did repentance which I thought was really uh, helpful and really good all of everyone did just an excellent job which I appreciate and so Monica like from this whole idea of confession to repentance because they're not the same yeah. uh, to forgiveness like how how did you experience some of the things that were being said I experienced it with tears and confession and repentance and renewed intimacy and an understanding of the father yes so <laughs> great <laughs> we did not pay her to say that <laughs> not a paid advertisement yeah. by uh by rescue church ministries um <laughs> no but for real like this entire series really came at such a, a perfect time like wow god god knows the times and seasons and what his his children need and one thing that I had come prepared to talk about um, earlier on in the series a few weeks ago um, as like a part two to our previous episode on healing is actually something that came up um, a lot in DK's 
uh, sermon tonight, which was uh, 1 Corinthians 10. And um, it's uh, talking about the casting down of strongholds, and I'll read it here. Um, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And that is well, that is uh, so much of uh, what the Lord has been teaching me on an inner healing journey, and it's a, a verse that I keep coming back to. Um, to meditate on and really just asking the Lord to help me put into practice. And I think in these past few weeks, there's been deeper levels of healing and um, deeper levels of working that into my day-to-day routine. Um, And he's just been showing me in a lot of tangible ways how to do just that, how to capture a thought, stop it in its footsteps, and immediately refute it with the truth that the Lord has um, spoken over me, you know, in his in His living word, in his spoken word, um, in that rhema word, um, but also in, in, the, in the truth um, spoken in the Bible, um, in, that, in that written word, the Logos. So I'm in the thick of it in a great way though, and I feel so um, encouraged um, and invigorated by the conversations and, and the teachings that have sort of you know occurred in these past few weeks, and it's been especially fruitful on Wednesday nights after the teaching to come together um, as you know men and women of rescue split up into groups and to really just talk about um, some of the things that were brought up has just been really nice because I'm a talker. Um, you don't say. I have the gip yap the gift of gab Um, but that's been really nice um, to just really learn from others experiences and you know just to pray for each other and I've just um, witnessed a lot of breakthrough personally Um, can get into those details always happy to share (laughs) we're not gonna air that Um, out in public (laughs) I I I'm I I really um there was even things that I like um, confessed to that I, I had only kept between me and the Lord over these past few weeks. And I just love the feeling of freedom um, that precedes confession and, and repentance and knowing that it's not by my own strength. And that's something that also the Lord has been teaching me a lot about because I recognized the need for inner healing even before I came back to the Lord and I was seeking it in all of these, you know, just totally phony worldly ways, Um, going to like these inner healing workshops that were, you know, um, incorporating, you know, new age and, you know, this Eastern spirituality and, you know, false religion. So coming back to the Lord, I, I, I knew I needed that. And that wasn't something that I heard in the church growing up at all. And I think wow, that is that's what... Wow, that's interesting. Oh, not and, at all. And it was at a Pentecostal church. It was. I think interesting. That there was definitely talk of, you know, intimacy with the Lord, the need for a relationship with God and whatnot. But those real deep understanding of how our wounds and the things that we've been through affect our walk with the Lord. And even like the simple idea that like father wounds affect how you view the father. Like when I first heard that, I was like... Oh, like that, like I, I yep. there was just no way, you know, without that revelation, I could have made that connection, you know, wow. um, as such an immature person yeah. in the faith. So that was one of my number one priorities, um, you know, coming back to the Lord um, in a real serious way over two years ago. I was like, God, I know I'm a mess. I know I'm broken. 
and I don't even know what exactly like I, I really didn't even have this uh, so much of that self-awareness at that time to yep. realize the, the depth of it there were a lot of things that I understood that even worldly people could have pointed out to me like addictions and you know things like that like self-esteem issues that were like okay I see this on the surface but it was just like an iceberg you know yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. like it was just very much that so symptoms. Yeah. yes and, and yeah exactly symptoms and that's so. our culture medicates symptoms oh yep, yep. so so now it's just God has just been been taking me so much deeper. And um, one thing I was always crying out for, too, when I first came back to the Lord was like just deliverance. I was dealing with so much spiritual warfare and whatnot. And what the Lord has just revealed to me, too, over the past year is like a lot of that deliverance comes from disagreeing with lies that have been spoken yeah. over me or, or that just entered into me through uh, right. bad things that I've been through and coming into alignment with the truth and really sitting face to face with Jesus it's just so cool like God is just so good because it's just there's so many moments that I've had with the Lord um, over this time where you know I'll just start crying and he'll bring something to remembrance and just he'll just like bless that memory and just show himself in that memory or like feelings will just come up that like I don't even necessarily know how to process and I'll just sit with him and worship and just in, in silence and just I'll just feel him like binding that up in me and you know when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, it's understanding that um, in those secret place moments with him, you're confronting the truth, right? And the more that you sit with the truth, like, the more those lies get revealed and the more that those broken places are, are binded up. So that's been my experience over these past two yeah. years. Um, and in this season, it's really just been picking up that sort of the spirit, um, picking up the the truth of the word and, and really using that to combat and cut through, um, you know, thoughts and, and lies that I believed and even speaking out of my mouth. Yes, it's very important. I shared, I'll, I'll, I'll just end here. Um, I shared with um, the women in our, in our small group tonight that um, there has been a lie that's been so pervasive in me probably since I was a very small child because of trauma and abuse and um, there's been a, a spiritual battle that I've been waging especially since I come back to the Lord very much related to that and it's something that I feel like has just been like that thorn on my side that the, that the enemy has been using to really just discourage me and wear me out and I basically had that experience um, and um, woke up that morning and I just spoke and said, I am not A, B, C, and D. Like, I there am not go. this. Yep. Like, that is not me, and I don't associate with that, and I'm, I'm done with coming into any sort of semblance Ooh. of agreement with that Thank lie that you. that's who I am. And I'm telling you, like, there was, like, a buzzing in my ear. Like, it was, wow. like, something, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Mm. Like, I've never felt that before. It was, like, <laughs> a pop and, like, a bzzz in my ear, like, on both ears. And I literally just immediately, mm. like, felt a shift there. The voice so left. the Lord has been <laughs> showing me um, the power also of declaration. Wow. Mm-hmm. And um, guys, I can keep talking about this a lot. Um, you know, I, I just turned 30 as well. And that, you know, is such a, a marker, you know, of just like a new decade, new era. I'm just so happy to to be, um, you know, entering this new decade. Um, and a decade I've been excited about since my mid-20s. Even when I was still in all my craziness, I would look at all my friends in their 30s and I'd be like, they have their stuff more together than us. So now I'm just like, yeah, I'm even more together than the people that I thought were together because I have Jesus. But um, <laughs> it's just like, there's even, there's more. There's more, there's more, glory, glory. But um, but 
I, I invited actually these folks um, over um, the the commission um, and some commission. other some other friends um, to my uh, to my home on Saturday just so to worship and pray and um, there were so many words connected to that like the Lord like even like Isaac had a word I, I was listening to it again today actually of just like the Lord healing like even the way that I view myself and like a cracked mirror and like um, Tina had a word on like uh, really starting to realize like the delight that the Lord like has in me like as a father has in his child and I'm just like whoa like I'm just shook um by God's love and the journey that he's taken me on and um yeah the refining that he's bringing also in my ability to hear him um and just the way that he's yeah just really working on me so that's a lot I could share more guys I keep talking (laughs) but um I'm just so happy to be where I am right now um because of what Jesus has done and just sitting with him like has just brought so much out of me and um and yeah I just encourage anyone listening that there's places um of brokenness or pain that um you're aware of or that you feel the Lord poking your finger at that maybe you weren't aware of um He's trustworthy, um, and he is a safe space always, and there's comfort and healing in his presence, and you don't have to put together an acute little package. You don't really have to do any sort of speech or performance. Just sit with him and say, Jesus, I hand this off to you. And and the thing that I do prophetically a lot as like a symbol of that surrender is like I literally just put my hands out, and I just imagining Mm. me handing something over to him and him taking it from me. You know, that's... That's what he died for, and that's our heritage. Yep. Another practical on what Monica's saying is just writing stuff down, mm-hmm. like writing on a piece of paper, ripping it up, and then throwing it in the garbage, mm-hmm. like totally mm-hmm. exporting it. And when you think of confession, you know, that's what confession is. It's exporting. Mm-hmm. When you think of forgiveness, forgiveness is exporting. You know, it's getting this stuff out. Um, and, you know, to let's say someone's listening and, and they're in the midst of suffering, like we serve a God, according to Psalm 56, 8, who bottles tears, mm-hmm. which means he was there when you were crying, which means he's present in your pain. He knows what happened to cause the pain and he knows how to bring healing to the pain and you can trust him with it. And so maybe you're like, I don't really know Jesus yet. I'm kind of just getting into the Bible. I, I just want to say for someone who's been at this 20, 20 plus years, like he is completely trustworthy and anything you say to him, he will not use it against you, but he'll use it for you. And so when you confess, you know, you clear your conscience and it's it's really important and that's, that's really big, but then also learning to repent, like learning how to think about something is important. And I'm just gonna jump into the verse Monica uh, shared about the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. And so when Paul wrote that, he was writing to the Corinthians. And within the backdrop of the city was a Corinthian, was a stronghold. And in ancient warfare, if you have the high place, you have the advantage. You have a fortified position. And so when Paul is saying the weapons of your warfare are not carnal but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds, he's talking about you have the power to literally pull down 
a stone fortress. So you are more powerful than the lie that is up against you. But if you believe in that lie, it'll fortify the enemy's position in your life. And you'll always be running uphill vulnerable to these little arrows and rocks and boulders that he wants to throw down at you. So you have to renew your mind. You have to take your thoughts captive because whatever thoughts you don't take captive will take you captive. And so let's say a lie flies through your mind like, oh, you'll always be alone. You say that's actually not true because Jesus said he'll never leave me nor forsake me, which means I'm not alone right now. I may feel alone, but in fact, I'm not alone. And how I feel doesn't determine what's true. What God said determines what's true. And when I believe what's true, it will then change how I feel. So we're not talking about using faith to escape reality. We're talking about using faith to overcome reality and to kind of give birth to a kingdom reality, a new reality. And I think that this is the work of faith in the sense of like working your faith and applying your faith to reality, not using faith to escape or run from reality, which I think that was more popular in uh, present, excuse me, past generations. Uh, but now there's so many problems in the earth. It's almost like we can't escape. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at your phone, problems are coming after you. You know, yeah. you look at your text message, problems are coming. You know, there's pro- it's like, so you, ha- you have one choice. You either deal with it or you try to run from it and escape. And that's just not wise. So what I want to do is, Isaac, what, from your perspective, what is the power of confession like what what is what, what's where's where's the power in that like what does that do for me mm, i think confession i almost look at it like it's a flashlight and it just illuminates what's literally in the dark and so whatever is in you good or bad when you speak it out and when you shed light on it other people can speak into it other people can speak into your blind spots cuz uh excellent you you know when you confess to the lord it says in james you can You'll have mercy. He's merciful. Um, that's that's his nature. But it says when you confess to a brother or a sister, like you'll be healed. And so there is healing that can take place when you allow someone else to speak into a situation. Like say, for example, something traumatic happened to you when you were younger, and because of that, it's like you you guarded yourself with this false um, mantra, like I'm never going to trust anyone again. But then when you start confessing whatever it is and that comes out, then the people around you can shine light on that, speak the love of Christ into that, and you can actually find healing from that. Mm. But when you leave things in the dark, um, or say like another angle of this is like shame, right? Um, Say like the voice of shame always says, if they really knew me, they wouldn't love me. Or if you really knew everything I'd done, you wouldn't accept me. If you hear that in your voice, that's abnormal. That's not how... You don't need to live like that. But that's the voice of shame, and it wants you to keep things in the dark. But when you confess it to someone else, now there's an opportunity for a mature brother or sister to speak Christ Christ into you, to speak his love into you, to speak truth into you, and help you walk out into freedom and healing, which is what Jesus paid for you. And so, yeah, confession, I look at it like the first step, the flashlight, to shine light into what may have been dark and uh, that's why Jesus calls himself the uh, light, the way, the truth, and the light. Yeah. Think of also confession as you confronting yourself mm-hmm. and, and bringing it out to the light and choosing accountability, humility, and transparency instead of 
shame, guilt, because then the enemy can use shame and guilt to manipulate you. And, you know, you, you can't, you won't heal what you're hiding. You know, God can heal what you're hiding, but he, if you want to get it healed, you got, you can't hide it. And so we won't change anything we're unwilling to confront. You're not going to get healed of something you're hiding. And this is just really basic stuff um, that we have to really just think of this as when you think of, let's say, confession or repentance, just think of like, I don't feel ashamed that I'm washing my dishes. You know, I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm just such a disgusting person. Like, my, you just are like, no, like, I want to keep eating on these plates because I bought them. And so I, I just need to wash them. And you don't feel guilty. You're not like, oh my God, I'm a horrible person. Like, you just clean your plates. And, and I, yeah, I enjoy washing my clothes. And I, I think that that's something that we have to shake the religiosity and the pretending that we don't need God and we don't need to change. And we can't say anything that's honest and forthright. Because then people are going to use that against you. And if they're using against you, then they don't have a right to lead you. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm. And so that tells me that you're not in a safe place. Like, let's just say, you know, you're like, man, I can't confess this because I'll lose my job or my position. All right. Like, if you're in vocational ministry, I understand that. But what's more important, your soul or your salary? But then you say that same thing to the person in the marketplace who is prospering because of dishonesty. What's more important to you, your soul or your salary? And so, you know, ultimately we all have to make choices. An unhealed person will say my salary. Mm -hmm. But someone who's healed and someone who's mature will say, no, my soul Mm -hmm. is more important because Jesus asked the most, this to me is one of the most profound questions in all of the Bible when Jesus goes, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Mm-hmm. And you you got to think, Spurgeon said it, like God and the devil are both like battling, like it's like a cosmic battle mm-hmm. for souls. Mm-hmm. So think of the immense value mm-hmm. if God, the creator, wants to redeem and restore your soul and save your soul and sanctify your soul and cause you to live with what the bible says is prosperity of soul yes yes think of how valuable the battle for that is and um you know if you're listening it's just like your soul matters to god your mind your will your emotions coming under the influence of the truth of God, bringing actual liberation to you so that you can then walk in freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that to me is, is incredible. You know, and when Paul says it was for freedom that Christ set you free, he's, it's, it's, it's a play on words to the Roman culture because in the Roman culture, when someone would declare, let's say they were a freed slave, they would have to pay a, a, a tax to Rome in order to be free. But Jesus is like, Paul is like, no, you're, it was for freedom that Christ set you free, not a freedom tax. Like, he, he's always, Paul is always centering everything on Jesus. 
and he's always, always, always pushing against any structure mm -hmm. that would try to manipulate, control, or dehumanize people created in the image and likeness of God. So mm -hmm. anything that is in opposition to the image in deforming the image bearers, he he goes hard against it. Mm -hmm. Which was everything in culture outside of Jesus at that time. Yeah, yeah. like right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Tina, what what is the power of forgiveness? Um, I feel like what you just said about prospering the soul, that's really, I think, why God tells us, like, forgive. Mm -hmm. Because forgiveness really prospers your soul. Like, it's, it's really for you and your benefit. Um, I think about how forgiveness, well, the opposite, like unforgiveness, what it really does is mm -hmm. in Matthew 18, it talks about how like you become the prisoner. You yep. like torturers are released upon you. And when you live in unforgiveness, it's like you think that by not extending forgiveness, you're the more powerful person because you think that you're holding the other person like hostage. Which you know? is so crazy because it's like they did the crime and you're doing the time. Yeah. Which is the opposite of the gospel. Mm -hmm. You did the crime, yep. Jesus paid it. Yep. <laughs> <And step up laughs> it's like, free. what in the yep. world? Exactly. And you know what's really crazy? This is really powerful. When Jesus is talking about forgiveness, he's never talking about feelings. Mm -hmm. He uses money almost all the time. Yep, yep. Money, release. Because that's debts. black and white. Yep. That's yep. not like, well, Everybody you know, I don't feel money. it. It's like, well, yeah. listen, brother, yeah. you may not feel it, but, but Chase is going to be chasing you. <laughs> yep, yeah. It's like legal talk. It's saying, it is. just, you know, release the debt that's owed. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, unforgiveness it really like one thing i said before was it really poisons your mind because again you yes. think that you're the more powerful person you think by holding the other person in unforgiveness that you're punishing the other person when really you're the one in prison mm -hmm. so forgiveness allows you to live in the abundance that jesus paid for the mm -hmm. the peace the life the joy like you're basically saying what other people did to you it does not hold power over you. You can live above what happened to you, what you did, what somebody else did to you because of what Jesus did, that you can live free from that, free from your past, free from letting that define who you are. So I feel like forgiveness is really like a sh pathway to freedom and prospering of your soul. That's, that's very powerful. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to DK and then to Deb. Cause I I wanna I wanna spin this a little. So, let me ask you a question. You, yeah, you're a thinker, which I I just appreciate <laughs> a lot. Mm -hmm. And do you think that repentance increases your cognitive processing power mentally? Hundred percent. Because wisdom is only from the Lord. Revelation is only from the Lord. Um, truth is really only from the Lord. And when you repent, you're aligning your mind and your thinking gears to receive that. You're, you're like oiling up the gears of your mind to receive that clearly. All right. Now let me ask you this, Deb. Do you think that repentance is an expression 
of intimacy. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I think like repentance is choosing to agree with God's truth. Mm-hmm. And I think when you come into agreement with God, you're saying that, God, you matter. And that's what intimacy is. It's a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so when you're agreeing with God, that's an expression of love. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in essence, would you say that repentance is taking on God's perspective on a matter? Yeah. So another way to frame it is, let's say, in the context of repentance and intimacy, you choosing to believe what God says about you over what you feel about your present situation. Would that be a valid expression of both intimacy and repentance? Yeah, I mean, any sane person will always choose the thoughts of someone they 100% trust. Mm -hmm. You're not going to choose a stranger's thoughts, hopefully. So it's intimacy that gives you the trust to fully buy into the thinking of that person that you're intimate with. Hmm. Yeah. So it comes it comes hand in hand. One one requires the other. Yeah. Yeah. So intimacy real intimacy, not feelings based. I feel great in church, the worship made me feel amazing, but I'm going to live like the devil. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you feel the presence of the Lord touching your heart and your mind and and God kind of let's say highlighting an issue in your life where we'll use a biblical situation because it's probably a better idea. Isaiah 6. You know, Isaiah sees the Lord on the throne. At that point, there's no king on the throne in Israel. He just died. So God wants to be for us what we don't have. And so he sees that, and that that's like the sense of, there's a sense of reassuring there. There's a sense of like, okay, God is still on the throne. Um and so there's that, but then he, he sees the Lord and he's like, oh, I'm a man of unclean lips. And God doesn't just go, well, you're done. <laughs> like the angel comes with the coal and then puts his hand on the very issue. And no one prophesies more about this Messiah than Isaiah. Um, and so it's almost like exposing ourselves to God or God revealing himself to us exposes us to us mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> yep. but God doesn't leave us there yeah. and so he touches that and and what I find is that until your life is sanctified or healed your greatest asset is actually your greatest liability so let's just say you're you're a high earner, you're a high achiever, you're a type A driver, you're going to be very prosperous and successful. It's almost like money can be a thorn in your side until you're sanctified, your heart is renewed, your mind is renewed, and you're seeing things from a kingdom perspective. And you see that same thing with Isaiah, like his mouth is his problem, but then it becomes God's solution. And he testifies with the Messiah more than anyone else mm-hmm. in the whole biblical narrative. Yeah. And it started with an encounter with the Lord and the Lord touching his brokenness. Yeah. W- would you say that that is intimate worship? Oh, yeah. I think, like, I love what you said about bringing awareness. Because, you like, I last when I um, 
when I spoke, I said intimacy is your relationship with the truth. Like the how you relate with the truth is how you relate with God, because mm-hmm. God is truth. Like yeah. Jesus is truth, and if there is any area in your life that uh, as you're sitting with the truth and sitting with Jesus he highlights something it's because you're sitting with the truth and something in your life is agreeing with a lie like what Monica said yeah I quoted you Deb I knew I was quoting somebody at this (laughs) table that was you yeah and then that that brings us to repentance you know exactly changing your mind coming into agreement because he points out so that you'll come into his perspective Mm -hmm. and that yeah and and Jesus and John both start their ministry with repent, the kingdom of God is at hand, mm. yep. which is really interesting because, well, the word kingdom is a, a loaded word. It's where it's basileia, where we get the word mm. basilica. Mm. Um, and so it's repent, metanoia, that whole, yeah. you know, for the kingdom of God is at hand, and and so that means it's within reach. So here you have something in front of your face that is within my own grasps, but I gotta reach for it. Mm. And this is the rule of God, the reign of God, the realm of God. And and the fourth word there used is the word royalty. Because mm. all of the citizens of the kingdom are royalty, mm. which means it matters how I treat you. Mm-hmm. Right and and even in the Lord's Prayer, our Father, like how we yeah. approach yeah. each other, is a reflection of how we feel about God. Mm-hmm. And so, repent, change the way you think. For the kingdom of God is at hand. The rule is who are you ruling over? The reign is the duration from everlasting to everlasting, yeah. and the realm is heaven and earth together. And the royalty are all the blood-bought citizens. So that means that if I don't repent, I could miss the kingdom that is right in front of me. And that is exactly what happened with the Pharisees, with the religious leaders, with, with the people who were unable to see the writing on the wall that God was doing Isaiah 53 before Isaiah 63. Mm -hmm. They were so bent on Isaiah 63 happening that they missed Isaiah 53. In fact, they were the ones who helped carry it out. And it's it's very possible to oppose the very thing we're praying for if our mind is not renewed. Mm. Yeah, it's like Jesus knew exactly what was gonna get in their way. Yeah, And it was their own thinking. It was their own mind. It's what they thought was gonna happen, yeah. Let me just humanize this for us, but in a spiritual manner. For the listener, there could be things right in front of your face that God himself wants you to lay hold of because they are from him, they are of him, they are through him, they are for him, but they are to you. And if you don't change the way you think, you will miss what is right in front of you and God doesn't want you to miss what is right in front of you. That's why he says, repent. Yep. The kingdom of God is, is at hand. And what does that mean? The, the kingdom of God at hand, it, it means that it is within reach, and, it, and it's now. So repentance not only will affect right now, but it'll affect 
outcomes for later because if I position myself now in the present, I am planting seeds in my own future. Mm. One of the things I learned from my mother, she said, Adam, if you hear God today, you'll be where you need to be in 10 years. So don't worry about 10 years. Just hear God today. Just just focus on what is God telling you now and, and position yourself so that you can lay hold of everything he has. So I, I hope that this has been a blessing to you. And ultimately, God wants intimacy with you. He, he wants you to allow him to speak to you about what he sees to be true. Uh, about your situation, about your circumstances, about your disappointments, about your hopes, your dreams, your failures, your successes. He wants to lead you in all truth. And that just that doesn't just mean having you know a correct perspective on one scripture that you love, but that means having his perspective on your life and where you are and where he's taking you. So I hope that, that this has been helpful. And uh, if it has, I'd, I'd appreciate if you could share it with someone. Bless you guys, and thanks for listening. Adam Levecki here. On behalf of DK Kim and I, we want to thank you for listening to the Be Transformed podcast. If you have found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. Thanks again for listening to Be Transformed.